0: The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit
1: sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 59.
2: Down at West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection.
0: All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home.
2: Indeed. you say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home, it's about getting us to where we're going.
1: Hello and welcome to the Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies and series, including SG1 Atlantis Universe, and hopefully more. I'm Father Corey taking over from Jack Berzini this week. For fortunately, Lisa Jones and Victor Lambs are here. Howdy, Lisa. Hey Father Corey. Howdy, Victor.
0: Fair day, Father Corey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, it is a fair day. And before we begin, I'd like to invite you to join our Discord server. We're having a lot of fun over there, and you can join in discussing all our shows. Get your invite at sqpn.com slash Discord. All are invited to join, even if you're not a Patreon patron, although we would appreciate that as well. You can go to sqpn.com slash merch to get your Secrets of Stargate t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and much more from all of our SQPN shows. So again, go to sqpn.com slash merch for that. Today, we're discussing 100 Days, the 17th episode from the third season of Stargate SG-1. So SG-1 once again proves that Stargate Command does not have a prime directive, unlike the famous command of fleets in the stars, by seeking to trade with a primitive village of people for the Naquita and their planet's soil. While there, the annual fire rain meteor shower begins, which doesn't hit ground except every 150 years or so, which of course Daniel figures out that this is the 150th year, just in time for the fire rain to become fire bombs. Most of SG-1 and a large number of the people escape, but the Stargate is hit by a meteor before Jack gets there. So he has to be content with life on the planet. Well, at least he gets the girl this time instead of Daniel. Uh, after three months of Carter building a miracle device to break through the Naquadah Iris and Jack becoming a part of the village, including fathering an illegitimate child, Teal'c is able to mount a rescue operation to help dig out the Stargate and bring Jack home. So what did you think of this one, Lisa?
2: Can you see my two thumbs down? Oh, yeah. (laughs) This this is. Yeah, no, this has never been a favorite. I really don't ever like to watch this one. I did. Uh, And and honestly, it's, it's well done, like acting. It's well written, in my opinion. I just think that it is not true to character for Jack. I don't like that. Three, I mean, not even three months, really. He's all like, oh, yeah, so long. I had a life. No, it's okay if I never see them again. Go ahead. Get rid of my walkie-talkie, my radio, my clothes. Uh, yeah, no. And then, you know.
0: <laughs> it's been a 100 days.
2: Oh, 100 yeah. days. That's a long time.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they rescue him, and he's all like, no, I must. I'm mourning the life I thought I was going to have, which Maybe there's some really deep or maybe we're going to get into a really deep conversation about what Jack really wants and needs in life. I don't know. But as my son called it, it's a filler.
0: (laughs) How about you, Victor? So I remember not particularly liking this episode and watching it again. It's it's pretty middle of the road. It's not, you know, I wouldn't say bottom quarter and I wouldn't say top quarter. I think it's actually two separate episodes in one, and I think one gets a thumbs up, one kind of gets a thumbs down. Um, but we can get into that uh, a little bit more. How I think it's really it starts off with kind of like this disaster movie plot, and then it kind of moves into you know Harrison Ford and witness, or you know, you know, ex gunslinger you know comes to small town, falls in love with the school marm type plot. So it, it's kind of like two separate episodes. I don't think they work very well together. I think they should have, you know, stuck with one or the other, but it's not as bad as I remember it. (laughs) Plus, I'm I'm kind of along with plus uh, we get the return of Walter in this episode. It's been it's been far too long. Walter comes back
1: (laughs) and he gives he even gives us the little dramatic pause. Chevron seven locked, you know, he yep. pauses just for that brief second waiting, <laughs> you know, you got to get your suspense. Is it going to lock? Is it going to work? No. Um, I'm kind of along with Victor is I'm kind of a meh on this episode. Yeah. I mean, it, the, 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 opening part with the, the, you know, the villa the tranquil village, the beautiful peaceful village and the wonderful people, except for that one guy, you always got to have the crotchety one guy, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just, you can't have a peaceful village without that one guy. Uh, and, and if you're not it, or if you don't know who that person is, you're probably it. It's yeah. kind of like that joke.
0: <laughs> I'm the grumpy you know, old man. See, I'd make moonshine um, and I'm not going anywhere. And I like it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, but, you know, but those the first part, you know, I like and everything, you know, getting to know the, the, the village and everything. And then, you know, the, the fire rain, and all that. And then, yes, then you get the disaster and then it turns into the episode, the inner light from Star Trek, the next generation, you know, where he, Jack has is so Stranded, He has to learn how to be with these people and all this stuff. And, and then it's just kind of a what was going on in SGC was a little more interesting than what was going on on the planet. Let's just put it that way. Um, but let's start about this. You know, it, of course, you know, SG SG one shows up when the fire rain, this annual event of this amazing meteor shower,
0: the tears returns. of the ancestors, the uh yes. Rai
1: Yeah. It turns deadly. You know, of course, it happens to be that that year that they show up. It wasn't last year. It wasn't next year. Of course, they tried next year. They got through. But
0: I well, and I do like how like it coincides with their reason for being there is um, they don't explicitly say it. But, you know, they're there because they've detected uh, detected Naquita on the planet. And I'm guessing that has something to do with the debris field that the planet flies through. Like Mm -hmm. maybe the asteroid or whatever was made up of, of Naquita and stuff. And that's why. It doesn't you don't get that directly from what Daniel's explanation is. So I do like how they have a valid reason for being there. The reason they're with these people is because they want to negotiate a treaty to get the Naquita. Um, and the opening scenes where first you see like one meteor, and it's like, oh, pretty. And then you see the other one and it's like, oh, that kind of came kind of close. So let's do some research on this. Mm-hmm. And then they get progressively yeah. closer and closer and closer until, you know, the planet right where they are is basically being bombarded with these things, though, not tossing up a bunch of ash or dust for some reason. But I, I think, I think the way they progressively build on the disaster is, is very well done in this episode up through the first 20 minutes or so.
2: And I thought it was interesting that the, they opened the episode with a familiarity. They've already been on that planet. We don't know for how long. Mm-hmm. I saw one thing that said maybe a week, someone else said maybe be like a, the SG, one of the teams have been there for like a month. Um, but they're already, they know each other. And there is this, right. you know, there's this joking, the way they talk. And it was, it was kind of nice. We missed the whole, hi, we're explorer, explorers, don't you? Exploiters. You know. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy thing,
1: right? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so that was nice, though. I don't know. At the same time, it just all, you know, Lara, it just came across as a little too familiar. Like we weren't looped mm-hmm. into the the conversation.
1: Well, and that that was Jack, or was he was already? You could tell he was more interested in discussing Lara than he was discussing the uh, treaty. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You know, right? You know, right from the start, he's he's flirting with her and everything. Yeah. You know, and more interested in in that relationship she, than she, the, the relationship between the
0: planet and Earth. She has that whole Mary Steenburgen would... vibe going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, also but... I would
2: argue that maybe she was. He was doing a little bit of throwing herself at him. I'm
0: just well, saying. it's not really just, just, her yeah. motivations, I think, are pretty clear. You know, she's lost her husband. Ooh. She's raising a son. Yeah. There's there's a strong, you know, male presence in her life who bonds well with her son, you know, living basically under her roof for 100 days. I mean.
2: Oh, no, I was saying from the very beginning. Oh well, yeah. oh, well, yeah.
0: And, and, <laughs> it, it's Jack. I mean, it's Richard <laughs> Dean Anderson. I mean, who among us? Oh, you're
2: saying you'd throw yourself at him, too? So it's Well. <laughs>
0: i don't i don't know i mean i'm not on uh, what's what happens on edora stays on edora but um no and i think part of that familiarity you talked about was also due to the fact that they play the same like japanese role-playing game like town theme over and over and over it's their one like bucolic do 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 and they play that thing like over and over again it's Uh like ah but
1: so of course, you. Yeah, I mean, you got to have the, the beautiful village in the valley, you know, peaceful, the lovely little stream that he can go kayaking down. And, I and liked that like,
0: scene a lot. Yeah. That the transition yeah. they make from where they're like talking on the beach and they turn and walk and then the camera pans and you can't tell where they cut. And then suddenly he's kayaking and it's the same actor. They didn't use a stunt double or anything. He's kayaking down the river. And it says three months later. And that's just like a perfect shot. Like if, even if you don't like the episode, go back and watch that shot where he's like mm-hmm. talking with Lyra, they walk away, the camera pans over and it's a continuous take. And he's, yeah, it's really good. I watched it like three or four times. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I just really like that shot. No, but
2: no, I, just, are, I mean, it, the episode does start and you're thinking this is just too perfect, right? Mm-hmm. It's a peaceful, lovely place. Everyone is friendly. No one's trying to kill them, shoot them or exercise demons from yep. them. And and they have Naquada, and they're open to a treaty, and it's-
1: you know, and it's a primitive, primitive group, but they're not, you know, they're not being played as stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one thing. I you know, I really a lot of times when you have the, these these primitive villages, you know, where they're what we would you know consider uh, surf type era, you know, Middle Ages type people, technology wise, and it's like, well, but they're not being played as stupid people. They're actually played as fairly intelligent mm-hmm. that they recognize that. Oh, these earthlings can bring things that can make our life better, you know, and kind of help, you know, move the technology. That's where I made the crack about, you know, the prime direct, no prime directive. SG1 is willing to bring technology to help them, you know, make their lives better. You know, things like electricity and guns, you know, stuff like that.
0: Oh,
2: come on. Medicine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) John Deere tractors, you know.
0: Will Ferrell movies. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I said better. I
1: said better. Come on.
0: (laughs) And, and I, I mean, from Jack's perspective too, I also know this, this is like everything he wants out of life. He wants to be able to go fishing mm-hmm. so he can just sit around and go fishing. You know, he has basically a surrogate Charlie in Garen, you know, that he can teach how to play baseball and stuff now. And it's, I mean, for, for Jack, I do think they set out pretty well that this is basically Jack's ideal retirement here. And as soon as he, you know, more or less makes peace with the fact that he's not going to dig the gate out himself. Um, you know, I think I think it does progress uh, pretty naturally. Well, that's that's
1: part of an issue, though, is we don't see what happened between the day the gate got buried and three months later, sure. you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that, he you know, and they kind of they kind of threw it through on dialogue that he would go and try and dig out the gate and realize it was a lost cause because he didn't know where it was. He didn't know exactly where in that crater it had landed. And then eventually just stop doing that. And that would be human nature. You'd just kind of say, okay, I give up. There's nothing more I can do.
2: I do think that, you know, knowing what they what he knows about the galaxy and about travel and everything, just thinking Oops. that if they were going to come by ship or get some of their, you know, the Tok'ra or anyone else to mm-hmm. come help, it might it might take a while. It's not as instantaneous as the Stargate. So it just right. seems, you know, when when she's like, I'm going to get rid of your clothes and your things, and he's, he does stop her for a second. Of course, the practical part of me is like, it might get cold there. I don't have a yeah. lot of stuff anymore. You might want that jacket and those pants. You know, just yeah. your clothes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much fabric they have laying around. But, you know, to get rid of the the radio, you know, it his weapons. You know, all of that, it, it is kind of like, what? Yeah. You, yeah. And why was she at the river water at the you know, at the river's edge to get rid of his clothes. She she think would, it.
0: Yeah. She's going to toss him Absolutely. into the river. Yeah. And then the radio goes off and it's a big moment for her where, Oh no, everything's over <laughs> because <laughs> like, you know, this is going to call him back to his old life. But if I throw the radio away, you know, then he You'll stays. Know. Yeah. You'll never know. He stays with me, but I have to live with that. And so you don't know what decision she made. Does she throw the radio? Does she keep the radio? She comes back. Supposedly it's later, but then they go back out and it's daylight again. And she admits that, oh yeah, this radio was, was talking and stuff. And, um, so I think that's a very good scene as well, but I mean, you know, I haven't, I haven't lost a spouse, thank goodness. Um, but I think, you know, doesn't there come a point at which you have to decide to, you know, get rid of their clothing or, you know, get rid of even stop Mm -hmm. wearing the wedding ring or, you know, get rid of it at something. So at some point you can move on. And I think that's, that's what it is as practical as those devices are, you know, any one of them could be a tether, um you know, for Jack. And if he's going to commit to his new life, he has to move on.
1: And, and, you know, obviously I can't speak about leaving, losing a spouse, but, you know, you know, lost my mom a few months ago. And I know with my, my dad, actually one of the first things he did was clean out the closet, her closet, you know, after I had left, you know, I was the last of the family to leave. And after I had left, that was one of the first things he did. He just like, we, I can't have this around here anymore. And it was good for him. I mean, it was healing for him. And so I can see that, um, and you know, it was just, it, of course, you know they had to do the coincidence of she's getting ready to throw it out, and she turns on the, yeah. the, turns on the radio just to hear that final countdown from Carter: fifteen seconds, ten seconds, and then the Stargate you know closes, and she kind of looks at it. But my first thought was, wow, good batteries. But <laughs> <laughs> well, but it was off. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. off. So it, yeah. it'll store even a rechargeable will store for you know three months when it's turned off. But uh, yeah, so it was just. It, but it, it's one of those. You know, one of those sloppy writing tricks that they like to do of the tension of she's about to do it. And then something happens mm-hmm. and it's the last chance that something could be heard, you know? And it's just like, you couldn't have done it some other way, you know, and had that where she wasn't throwing it out at that moment, but at one of the attempts to get the melp or something like that, you know? Yeah. But, but it had <laughs> to get that, that tension, of course, of Teal getting, you know, repelling uh, into the or climbing into the, and, uh, the chamber there and pounding through you know
0: and i don't know what their what their plan was because the sgc doesn't know how far underground the gate is buried yeah. it could be like a mm. hundred feet it could be like half a mile and they're just like okay Taylor, we're gonna send you through dig fast because we can't dial up the gate again because we might vaporize you if you don't get high enough up yep. and by the way you're gonna run out of air too uh you know, and so we have, it's basically a death sentence. I can't believe General Hammond would ever like okay that mission because it's like just just get get through there, start digging. You got six hours, dig as far as you can, and uh good luck to you. Yeah. And fortunately it turns out he's he's only a couple of inches <laughs> beneath the ground.
1: Yeah, he was he was only like he was only like a foot or two below the ground, yeah. you know.
2: But again, they they talked about having a ship and you know, that could be there, but it's like, no, we're gonna let to yeah, basically commit suicide by trying to do that, <laughs> yeah. and
1: uh, you know we, because it's going to be months or years, and it's just like, well, he was there for three months
0: anyways. We we est- yeah. and granted, this is with an Asgard hyperdrive, right? We established later on in, in Atlantis that like ships can make the voyage between galaxies, you know, the expanse between galaxies. They can do that in a couple of months, and they even like shave some off that. Yep. And it's like the time the line that yeah, the Tolans can have a ship there sometime early next year, and you're like, is that because like. No, the Tullens could probably fly there in a couple of days, but they're probably just not planning on going that way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be a violation <laughs> yeah, would, of their principles to like <laughs>
1: like one, one of one of our regular delivery routes will be going by that planet uh next next yeah. January, you know, yeah. that kind of deal.
2: Well, and like to so the Tullin or the Knox or whomever, do they not know someone who's a little bit closer that maybe they could gate to? And this is where puddle jumpers would come in handy, right? Like
1: yeah. To yeah. Go
0: through
2: the gate and then and then go to the next planet over. I don't know.
0: And this is before they have the Asgard on speed dial too where they can just call up the Asgard anytime things things are looking out of a, you know. It's like, "Hey Thor, we need you to pick up our dry cleaning."
2: Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so while Jack is trapped on this planet, we've got Carter doing the the, you know, it's a serious scientist montage of, of building this device they've never built based off the principles of watching what Sokar was able to do with the, these these particles. And so, of course, she's able to build it, you know.
2: Of course, they, she's they, Carter.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, and you know she's the serious scientist because she's got the, the, the white coat right, on, you know. Right. That's, that's her serious scientist outfit, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> well, and Janet's wearing, what did she have on? bdus or something yeah she not, well she in what at least one scene she was she was out of her usual doctor wear oh I'm it
1: wondering. must it must have been a it must have been a casual day at the sgc
2: are you going somewhere
1: <laughs> no I, I, actually it's kind of funny but you, you would have a uniform of the day and in most offices or most places you've got one uniform you wear all the time you know whether it's the blue uniform or the or the the BDUs or whatever, but once in a while you would have casual day if you were normally wearing the blues blue uniform, you could wear the BDUs because the BDUs are comfortable. They were comfortable. They were basically pajamas with boots
0: <laughs> and lots of pockets.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Where do you think cargo pants came
0: from? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, look at look at Jack. Yeah, it is full of uh, stones for skipping rocks. Yeah, yeah. What do you and well, cargo pant pockets.
0: I didn't notice what they were wearing, which is unusual for a Doctor Frazier scene, but. I was just hoping they'd, they'd cut back to the to the spicy uh, uh, Lyrac action. And Lyrac is my celebrity couple name for, for Lyra and Jack. Oh, but no. <laughs> and and Aww. like she like she like shows some leg and it's like, hey, I made this shirt for my husband. You know, yeah, you did, look super duper she... in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like props to Lyra, like work in, work working work with what you in, got. I yeah. Know.
2: Yeah, growing herself, she's like fresh meat on this planet. There's not many men here, so.
0: <laughs> well, and uh, the yeah, and and you know, pain and I guess he's a he's a pain in the neck. I guess is probably. Oh, I just thought of that one. Um, you always
1: gotta have the annoying kids. You always gotta have <laughs> yeah. the annoying kids. Yeah, and all that. Oh, instead of listening to everybody else, well, Daniel said we could survive down here. You really didn't Dana. need to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 pain and uh, you know through. You know, the the old guy, the old crusty guy, you know, there's nothing, you know, more than meets the eye here talking to Jack. And then he's one of the few. I don't know how anybody survived when Jack and the kids and Lyra barely survived for three days in the cave. And you got to figure anybody on the surface was like choking on dust and ash. But miraculously, one house of uh, survivors survived. And I think they do a pretty good job where, you know, Jack comes in days or weeks after the the incident. And Payton's like, you're not welcome here, English. And um you know, Lara says, yeah. no, Have let's have some bread. And then in short order, Jack is, you know, helping him fix his house and raise a barn and um, drink, drink. Yeah. And they, they drink a, a, a delightful concoction called Tolka.
1: Yes. It looked Like a beer or something. And then Moonshine. Light. it was something yeah. distilled. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He didn't like like in the original movie or maybe the pilot. I can't remember when he drank it and he. It burned, and you know he kind of choked yeah. on it. This it went very smooth. smooth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one was smooth. <laughs>
0: just...
1: how, how did he, he put it? Uh, absolute rock cut. More, please. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> after being stuck there for a while, you might welcome now, a drink.
1: <laughs> that, that that remind me of a uh, if you've seen the the John Wayne movie A Quiet Man. Yeah. Yeah. It, John Wayne goes. is Ireland. From Ireland. The, yeah. John Wayne's character is from Ireland and he's a boxer who actually accidentally killed a guy in the ring, so he fled to Ireland to just get away from it. And there's the, you know, of course he falls in love with the redhead next door, and the redheads' brothers is upset by this, and they have a big knock him, knock him out, drag him out fight.
0: Uh, Donnie Brooks. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, just a great, great fight scene. And the next scene after the fight, they're both just blitzed. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're, they're hanging out each, off each other, singing. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. You know, they went from being, you know, enemies to being drunken buddies.
0: They went from uh, Keith David and uh, Roddy Piper and they live to Keith David and Roddy Piper later on and they live, I guess. But yeah, no, it was <laughs> it, it was it was it was a nice scene. The Them chopping wood, like splitting wood with hangovers, which very realistic. Um uh, I, I did appreciate that that scene quite a bit. Um,
1: I, I will say, I would like to have the the canoe that that Jack was going down the the river. It yeah. looked really cool. You know, old wood canoe. You could tell it looked like you know a bark canoe or something like that. Uh, but yeah, that was that was obviously the point where he'd kind of gotten settled in, and and then you know uh, the Lyra kind of hinted not so strong or not so demurely. <laughs> You give me kid.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) She was, she was like dropping all the baby face lyrics there. Yeah. I
2: "I, I really want you to give me something. And then he's like, what? And she's like, oh, you're not ready.
0: Yeah. I kind of think I'm ready. Yeah.
2: It was so cringy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was was so bad. I want you to give me a kid. And Jack's like, no, no. Oh, oh, if you insist. (laughs) When?
0: Tonight. I see it in your eyes. Yeah.
2: Well, and then she's like, I sent my son away. so We have the house to ourselves. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and of course, that's exactly how every woman puts it, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you think about it, it even started from the beginning when she said something about you know, uh Garen will show you the caves because he and his yeah. friend go there, though I can't imagine some, what they're doing. Uh,
0: some Garen shaming leak, going on leak, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that someone like Jack would appreciate her her you know forwardness and you know it's not it's never a crime to make your, you know, emotional needs known. And in a relationship, <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I just think she it, wore him down. That's all. I'm like, yeah, you're stuck here. I'm gonna give you clothes. I'm gonna make it comfortable. I'm gonna get you drunk. I mean, right? Yeah, it works. And it's
1: been ni- you've been you've been here 99 days. Nothing could possibly happen the next day afterwards. <laughs> so. Yeah. But well, of course, you yeah. know they don't they don't say anything, but the but the last scene is her holding her belly oh. kind of like, you know, yeah, okay. They, they they implied that the the act of baby making was successful.
0: Yeah. Or just yeah. too much tolka. Yeah. I, don't
1: know. <laughs>
2: I, I did read that at one point they did talk about revisiting mm. the planet and whether or not there was a child in mm-hmm. season five. But I didn't hear why they didn't. I, I'm thankful they didn't. But, it
0: could know, have been like happen, a a whole planet of jacks. It could have been like a planet where jacks evolved from men. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then you As blew gunship. it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack O'Neill and then yeah. the O'Neill and you've got little O'Neills running around.
1: <laughs> Although Jack O'Neill the third, Jack O'Neill the fifth, Jack O'Neill the hunter. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this make him the new Asgard clone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll i'll never say a bad word about lyra but i, I did not appreciate how when yeah, he's right. like she's like yeah so you know your your friend might be out there you know and, and he's like i gotta go digging and she gives him this look like she's trying to guilt trip him into like not digging for Tealuk or something and and yeah i was like you can't do that now i mean you made your decision no. to to tell him and you have yeah. to support him and went to you know
1: now now we we do have to talk about the big
0: event at the end of the show end of the episode
1: that when they've dug out the Stargate and the rest of s g one is there, and Lyra and Jack are talking, and you Sam you could see the look on her face, she was so heartbroken.
2: he doesn't even say oh, really thank you to Lyra is that
0: for feeding him and clothing him for a hundred days or
1: and yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, Who we exactly just
2: met, by the way. A hundred days ago.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's practically how long I knew my wife before I proposed, like after I met her. I mean, it Uh was, yeah. Oh, man. We've been together like 21 years, so, or 22 years almost, yeah.
1: That works. Yeah. yeah. Didn't work out too well for Jack and Lyra, but apparently worked for you, so that's a good thing.
0: Well, we get the the hilarious. I thought they were going to make a Three Amigos reference. There's a moment at the end of Three Amigos where I think it's Chevy Chase's character is saying like... To one of the women that he's met in the village, you know, he's like, "Don't worry, I will come back." And she goes, "Why?" And so, <laughs> and so Jack Jack says to to Lyra, "Like, don't worry, I'll come, I'll come back soon." And I have to expect her to go, "Why?" You know, but uh, yeah. we didn't we didn't get that unfortunately.
2: She's like, "Can you send another SG team with another hot guy that might want?" Yeah, stay? exactly. Like Colonel
0: Simmons yeah. or oh, not, not Colonel Simmons, Make peace. Colonel Makepeace. Yeah, make peace. A,
1: there you go. And that was that was the scene where you see Sam turn away, look all crestfallen, yeah. you know.
2: <laughs> so, you know, you can take it many different ways, right? So while she was working her butt off, you know, and, and saving him, that, you know, she confesses to Janet that she has feelings or she, you know, has issues. She
1: she misses him. She
2: misses him. Yeah.
1: And,
2: <laughs> but it's not a problem. So then You could just take that as they're close. They're a team. She missed. You know, Sure, that's how everyone took it. And it's how it was intended. And then at the end, when he doesn't thank her and he walks away from her, he's not even excited about her cool plasma bingy-majiggy. And yeah, you know, that she's just distraught because she she did. She didn't sleep. She worked really hard. Or you can take it as. Your absence made me realize my true feelings and now i'm mm-hmm. here to you know get that sure. thank yep. you and hug and then you gave it to that woman over there
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, you <get> yeah <laughs> yeah a hundred days ago
0: <laughs> yeah i mean sam hasn't had a really good time of it she had to watch jack kiss her mirror mirror like version no, that's right. in that one oh yeah like there but and that wasn't there but for the grace of god but it was like one of those episodes right where the, she had to watch like view. yeah point of view yeah so i don't know she she should be kind of used to it now that you know she's in the friend zone and anything else would be against regulation yeah yeah
2: of course then there you talk about jack having a girl in a report which is is not as bad as daniel of course daniel
1: yeah exactly still gets
2: that award uh, there was the butterfly girl, on uh what was the one where he grew old?
0: Oh yeah, brief candle.
2: Way and brief candle, right? So he had the girl with the the marriage, he right. divorce from her, or is it just like? I mean, I, I how does that work, Father Corey? Help us out. Does he need an annulment?
1: <laughs> For if you get married on a, pl- a strange planet, <laughs>
2: well, you know, I mean.
1: Is if he Catholic? Let's start with
2: that. True. Yeah, and he I mean drugged. he was, he was drug on that. Yeah,
0: and so yeah. I don't think there was like a marriage, like the will, you know, the assent, the consent to be married so was
1: there. That would be interesting to do the annulment paperwork for that one. So where's she from? P three X two two nine or whatever the planet yeah. was. Like, now
2: ask how where's old that?
1: Oh, that's on the other side of the world. You
2: right. know? <laughs> now, now ask ask how old was the sprite of yours? Teenage. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I
0: mean, I don't know. I think that, you know, common law marriage, I don't know how it works on what's the Dora. Um, You know, maybe maybe that's why they keep, like, hammering on the 100 days thing is because that's how long you have to be with somebody before you're common law married or something. Could be. Yeah. I used
2: to be a divorce attorney. I could tell you a few things, but that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we need that
1: podcast. That sounds like it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually it would be timely with the whole, you know, Amber Heard, oh,
2: Jap- Johnny Depp yeah. thing
1: going on. that would be the perfect time to do a podcast like that. You think that was wild? Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I will say this for, so,
1: so on that note, yeah, any, anything else? I, 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 uh, Lisa, anything else you want to mention?
2: Um, I would say that, so they from now on, can, can the uh, SGC not advise people to bury their gate? Because what they did here, they learned from SOCAR, and it worked. So you mm-hmm. know how they always go, just bury your gate after we leave and you'll be fine? So is that null and void now? Because it well, doesn't it, it, worry we've got this, what do they call it, a particle thingy?
1: Uh, particle, particle accelerator beam generator oh, particle, particle beam. beam generator. Okay. Um, The only reason why it worked there is because what happened was okay. Now, now this is where we get into nerdy level, okay. but the, uh, the, when the, cause the ground was so saturated with NACWDA, the naquida turned into an iris around the gate. The gate was still open, was still on. So it basically created that iris in front of the gate, you know, just like, you know, uh, a candy so shell, like, like the way SOKAR could. Yeah. So the way that SOKAR could beam and make you know, heat up the iris, they were able to use this to heat up that naquita, basically melt the metal, and then you use the swoosh, the coosh to blast it out.
2: Okay. So the fact that there wasn't dirt or something in the middle of the the Stargate, it right. created like an iris itself. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because the I, the Stargate was was on still when oh, it okay. poured over it. So
2: so, so good. that was you the geeky part of that. Still people to bury the gate.
1: Yep, exactly. You could just use rock or dirt or something to fill it in instead of. Um. By the way, I like the fact that Jack was describing the the, the sport of curling. Yeah. <laughs> you know about taking a rock and slide it down the ice and sweep and all that. That was pretty good.
2: Uh, living in Texas, being from Texas, curling is such a novelty that we watch it every time it's on during the Olympics. It's, because we yeah. have no idea what the purpose or what they're doing is. No one does. Love to watch
1: it. Yeah, well, I watch it too, but you know, we we have curling. We don't have one. We've got one. Helena, seventy miles south of here, there's a curling club.
0: Yeah, Victor. Anything else from you? Um, yeah, a couple of things I I liked on this. Um, I liked when um, just a one pro. I'll do one pro Lyra movement mo- moment, and then one pro Sam moment, just to you know balance <laughs> things out. I did like Lyra when Jack was looking up at the sky, trying to figure out you know where Earth was. like, I was just trying to figure out which way home is. And she motions back to the village and goes this way. And I thought that was, that was pretty cute. And then I do like how when uh, Sam turned on her particle beam for the very first time and immediately like was operating at 112% efficiency. So she's an overachiever. Definitely. When it comes (laughs) to particle beams, like very first time turning it on, it's like none of these like, Oh, let's try again because it burned out the capacitor. No, it's like, we're already up to 112%. We'll have this Iris like zapped away in no time.
1: Now, was she an overachiever or just bad at math
0: and oh underestimating how much it actually would actually a, do? No. <laughs> <laughs> or,
1: I had to throw it out there. I had to or, say it.
0: Or just like Scotty padding the estimates a little bit instead of time wise. Yeah. She's like, I mean, this thing is going to be, you know, I'd, I'd be lucky to get 100% out of it unless I'm a genius. Oh, here it is. 112%. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah 112. I'm yeah. so much of a genius. I went beyond. <laughs> you just
2: needed focus. And the thought of Jack not coming back was enough focus for her. To get it done quickly. and. Fresh.
1: There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will say both my teenagers thought it was a cringy episode. Just saying. They did not care for her.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought parts of it, like it were sweet, but I liked uh, the <laughs> asteroids, uh, you know, more. Sweet meteor of death. <laughs>
2: If you think yeah. about it, this was what, ninety nine, two thousand? I don't know what yeah. year we're on.
0: Deep Impact and yeah.
2: Yeah, that we had a bunch of asteroid movies 2000. We, about that time? Yeah.
0: Something
1: like yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, you know, two thousand, February two thousand when it first aired.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't so, look to see what time Deep Impact and I forget all the others. There were there were Yeah, like it was kind of like yeah,
1: Armageddon and some of those other movies kinda of came out around this same, you know, late nineties, early two thousand
0: disaster movies, you know. Oh, v- V.C. James was Victoria James. Uh, probably no relation oh, to P.D. James. Or, um, and I hmm. did think this
2: episode was nominated for Saturn. For, Revy, oh, for screenplay.
0: Cool. I was like, oh, she worked on Reaper. She was a product placement coordinator for Reaper, which was a good show. Um, nice. But I think this might have been the only episode of SG-1 that she wrote. She wrote yeah, this one, was... at Citizen Joe. So we have that to look forward to in oh, five she years. As well. Well,
1: well, well, she well,
2: oh, only
0: Excerpts. Because this okay.
1: Yeah. Excerpts.
2: Uh, yeah. Cause they do. Yeah. Cause they do mention this episode. of the joke. Yep. And, and, they and mentioned... that's where they, imp- they
1: imply that that's where they imply that, that Jack got her pregnant.
2: Yep. And then in shades Ooh. of gray, the planet yep. comes up again
1: next, next episode. So,
0: Oh wow. And she wrote an episode of the outer limits uh, in 1988 called the Vex- uh, the vaccine.
1: <laughs> oh, on that note, we better uh, yeah. wrap it up here because we don't want to get into that.
0: <laughs> and uh, in that episode, uh, no that episode featured uh, uh, Jay Brasso, who played Comtraya. Uh, out,
1: kick come on, quick, <laughs> quick, quick, quick! <No. laughs> yeah.
0: After a doomsday cult releases a genetically engineered virus, yeah. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's another part now me. that we've been canceled. Yeah. Like... <laughs>
0: that's well, very good straight from imdb <laughs> <Baby>. folks <laughs>
2: well we're almost done with season three how's that
1: yes yes we are so we'd like to take a moment now that we're done to uh, thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of stargate including charlotte l valerian s michael h mark f and chuck c their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by vi- visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow our shows on all the, all your favorite podcast uh, podcast uh, sites, especially Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and more. We're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Media. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate, and to send feedback, please visit com slash stargate. You can email us at, sqpn. Or at stargate at sqpn.com, or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash media or on Twitter at sqpn. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, which is Shades of Grey. Until then... Lisa Jones, thank you for joining us and in, in sharing the secrets of Stargate.
2: Thanks, Father Corey.
1: And Victor Lambs, I think. Thank you for joining. <laughs> no, thank you for joining us as well.
0: All right, folks, trains leaving. Let's move. <laughs> and thanks, Father Corey.
1: And once, a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and once again, I'm Father Corey. And remember, how close was that? Closer. How big? Thought so. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?